everybody to this Med Student Over Easy segment for the EM Over Easy podcast. I'm Andy Little. I'm joined by my co-host, John Casey. John, how are you? I'm great. Good morning. We have two amazing guests. We have Shannon Kaliri, Chief Resident Avon Health in Orlando, who's also our writer for Med Student Over Easy. And this is her first inaugural podcast. So congrats, Shannon. Thanks. Super excited. And by that, she's not excited to be here. <laughs> Super nervous. <laughs> Super nervous. And we've got Minnow Sharkey, who's been our guest numerous times on the show and is the clerkship director at Doctors Hospital. All right. Hi, how are you? Good. Well, this is a really interesting topic for us to talk about. It's a difficult one, I think, from a medical student's p- perspective, but I think it's one that we've all learned some, well, I don't want to say like some hacks, but we've learned how to handle this particular patient when they come into the hospital. So let me give you a, a vignette and we'll go from there. So you, you're working a shift and a 75-year-old patient presents with generalized weakness for the past month. What is going through your brain when you hear generalized weakness in an old person? Like, oh no. Because it'd be like anything. It's just like so many things. Mine is, please God, let the urine be positive. <laughs> Mine is, who is telling me this? <laughs> yeah, who's actually giving me this report? Is right. this from EMS? Who is, is this it, from who family? Am I hearing this from? Is this from the patient? So when you go in and talk to the patient, they say they've also been having chest pain on and off, in addition to low back pain, and some pain in their arms and legs. You go through a complete review of systems and find out that they are also endorsing headache, dizziness, shortness of breath, nausea, constipation, and painful urination. So initially we were all like, Ugh, and are you less? Ugh, now are you like more worried? Some people would say, why did you do a complete comprehensive review of <laughs> systems? It's, that's the, in my head, but that's, that's, actually, that's actually okay. No, it's interesting because, again, it matters who presents that because I would say if you are a medical student, that is a great thing to lead with. But what would really impress me is if you said, I know I'm about to give you a laundry list of complaints but I have an idea after, right? Very interesting because... I don't know where you're going with this. Well, no, because a lot of times medical students do, to be honest, and shout out to all the medical students, you do a fantastic job of doing a way deeper history than you do as you get more experience because you don't know what's important or not yet. But by doing that, but by leading with acknowledging that you know it's a long list and that you at least want to make an attempt at a roadmap, you have immediately, like, you've got my attention. As opposed to if you just start saying all of those things like you did where we all glazed over. Because that's often how it comes. It's just, here's the list. I'm just reporting to you what was reported to me. Instead of distilling it a little bit. Yeah, I really like when they can, like acknowledge like you said that it's a humongous list but if they can tease out the one thing that was the straw that broke the camel's back what was the the call and go after that a little bit to kind of make it clear to me how this patient ended up in our ed you know shannon's got nothing (laughs) no i think this is like one of the hardest things as a medical student to get used to in the er was like these people that went on and on about all these things that they're complaining of but i think taking a minute to kind of step aside and be like condensing their story is really important. So like, I would like, if this was like, I was in a room for like 30 minutes talking to this person, I would like take a second to like whittle down, try to figure out what they're actually here for and then kind of shorten it. And then also kind of do what you said, say like, Hey, this person is complaining of all these things, but this is what I think is most important. Yeah, it's, it's learning how to connect the dots and say, okay, so like this patient, she presented with dysuria, back pain, and generalized weakness. That could all just be pilo or a UTI. And sometimes with that, you'll feel short of breath because you're tachycardic and you're catechypnic, or you have some chest pain because it hurts to breathe, but it could all be one thing, and a medical student had to tease that out. 
Shannon did a very good job, by the way, of just describing something that I call moving the disaster. And for example, if you're a medical student and you're in a room and somebody, you spend 30 minutes talking to someone and then you just come out and you talk to your attending your resident for 30 minutes, all you've done is move the disaster as opposed to do something to help clean it, clean it up, right? And so what Shannon was talking about was take that moment, pull some stuff together. You've got all that info, right? If you, if you leave out something important, which I think is always the fear, right? Like if I don't mention the belly pain, then, you know, if something disastrous happens. But the, the job of your resident or attending is to be like, now, you didn't mention abdominal pain. Do they have that? It, it's, it's okay to say, well, I didn't mention it because I didn't think it was relevant, but yes, I did ask about it, right? Which I think is what they want. It's like the mm-hmm. acknowledgement that they did it. So yeah, don't move the disaster. Yeah. And I think John brought up the who's with them is important. So if this is an EMS drop off, altered, older patient that has all these symptoms, that's really a hard patient that as a, just the medical students know, attending struggle with those patients too. Cause I have no, like, I have, I have no frame of reference. I can't point and be like, okay, so here's, here's a person that, that, that can talk, that knows what's going on. That's that's alert and oriented times Which four. can sometimes be even harder than the person <laughs> that isn't talking and doesn't know what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, we and just have more experience. We just have more experience, 100%. We just look like it's easier. It's not yeah, easier. It's, not it's easier. just we are more experienced. Right. It. And sometimes if they're there with a family member, it's also good that in this kind of pan-positive patient to really ask the one question, which is, like Menno brought up, was why did you come to the hospital now? Today. Yes. Because yes. that helps you set expectations and kind of maybe roadmap a little bit. And just so students don't don't hang on to that though, because you were you were clarifying it, you were making it very clear what they should ask. The phrasing is really important because if you ask a family member like "Why did you come to the hospital today?" that will like not be perceived really well, right? What's your what's your you know a good way of asking that is what what most concerned you today? What what prompted you to call the ambulance? And if they, they seem like taken aback by that question, you can just say, I just want to make sure I really understand your concerns so that we can address them, right? Because a lot of times patients don't feel heard. And when you're like, well, what brought you in today? You may not have any motivation behind it, but if you inflect that today, just like a little, like I one time had a frog, if I, like a frog came up at the exact right moment, I was like, what brought you into the ER today? And I can't even replicate it, but I, in my own head, I was like, oh, no, no, <laughs> no, <wrong>. words, <laughs> words, come back, come back. And, and they did. I was like, I am so sorry. I just got choked. It made it sound like, like I was really, I really just would like to know what happened so that I can know. Yeah. So. No, absolutely. The family members are very helpful. But one thing that I would rec- like recommend to the medical students is sometimes it's very easy not to ask the patients some of these questions because they are so pan positive and you might get higher value information from family. But to remember that even though they might be not with it, not understanding to still treat them very much like a person to be like, let me ask you some questions and then we'll, we'll bring the family into the conversation rather than direct all questions to the family members because I've seen that happen because it's I understand like medical students your objective is to get the information and pound for pound your your patient might not be the the most high yield quality quality information coming out of there but just to make sure that they're also part of that that conversation yeah so let's say you're in the room and I'm going to put you on the spot because you're the closest to being a student so and the family goes are we going to be able to fix all these things today what do you what do you say what do you, what do you recommend medical students say having yeah, so both I sides recommend of it? One, it's hard for like medical students to really like say like yes or no, this is going to happen because a lot of the times you don't know the plan. So I, I would just caution medical students to say really anything about the plan. Like you can say like 
you know, this is what might be going on or this, you know, might be what we get in the ED. But I would say if they have this long list of people or a long list of complaints, I would say like, you know, we're going to try to address as many things as possible, but, you know, we can't really address all of your complaints today. Let's try to figure out what's most important, what's really bothering you today and making sure that you're safe and, you know, go from there. It's a hundred percent on. And the, for the medical student too, the, the answer to the, you know, you don't always know the plan, but sometimes you, 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 you roughly know, right. And it really is okay. It's all about just not committing to something that you're going to a hundred percent. Right. So don't say medical students shouldn't promise MRI. Right. And, <laughs> and lumbar punctures and, and, and such things. But it actually is really reassuring and helpful to a patient and help you in your relationship with a patient and their family. If you say, well, the next thing that's going to happen is, you know, now that I've talked to you, I have a couple of ideas about what I think may be the next best steps. And I'm going to go talk to my attending Dr. Sharkey because she's a lot more experienced and I'm going to make sure that she agrees with my plan and I'll either come back and update you or we will come back together. But Dr. Sharkey will see you at some point because as you become a more advanced medical student, you will make presentations, particularly on kind of the more straightforward patients. And for those patients, maybe you will ask you to go back and update them and, and own them as your patient. However, the really complicated multiple complaint patient is another patient where you're very likely to get some good discretion. And so if you come back and go, well, I've got a patient with a lot of complaints. I think they may be septic and I think they fell last week. And so I feel like we need to get a CT and we need to do a sepsis workup, whatever that is to you know how to define it. Dr. Sharkey may be like, sounds great. We'll go ahead and get that started. Why don't you update the family? And if you've already had that lead in so just not selling yourself short you are an important part of the team so yeah one thing that I really like that you said was that this becomes like a great opportunity for patient ownership and to be able to follow like follow this patient through what sounds to be like going to be a very long workup and just having that point of contact as you are their medical liaison as a medical student is so helpful to the team itself because now we know that, okay, you've got this. This is your opportunity to shine. And it goes a long way with how you are perceived as part of the team when you can take ownership like that. Yeah, no, 100%. Now let's talk a little bit about what I've noticed with these pan-positive patients. And it's something to keep in mind is there also are a lot of reasons that are not medical that they might come to the hospital. And so how do you tease those out? And how do you recommend a medical student help tease those out? People come to the hospital for non-medical reasons. I'm just a guess. I think it's for the, the turkey sandwiches. Basis of the question: <laughs> the we turkey sandwich, the orange juice dishes. with the metal lids on it. Oh, no. You know, the kindergarten milk. No, it's so it's some of the ice. best yeah. advice that I got as a medical student. I will share. So you have no reason to know, but before I went to medical school, I was a paramedic, and I was very comfortable with establishing presence in a room with sick people and stabilizing. Like I had zero fear as a resident of walking into a cardiac arrest, what I had a lot of fear of and needed a lot of support in teaching and education was the patients that weren't necessarily so immediately sick. It didn't mean they weren't sick. And so in the, in the EMS environment, it was very easy for me to say, well, I don't know how I'm going to help you, but I'll take you to the hospital, right? And that was like, okay. And you get them right out of the hospital and you're like, check, mission accomplished. And that's great. That's that EMS can work that way. But 
in the ER recognizing that what really helped me was an attending that, by the way, I didn't, didn't love, didn't feel like we had the best relationship with, but gave me this really great advice. And he said to me when I was doing a presentation one day and he looked at me and I was a, I was a student and he goes, John, I think you're being very judgmental about why the patient is here. And I will tell you, and he actually said, son, I will tell you, son, it is not your job to decide who is worthy to be in this ER. And I was like, whoa, like singed eyebrows, like, oh my gosh, he just blasted me. But what I ended up realizing was he was 100% correct. I was being judgy because this was a and I can't even remember that the patient homeless or needed a place to stay or whatever it was. But I was being judgmental because I didn't believe they were worthy of being there. And it wasn't what my heart really said. It was just I was frustrated as a student because I didn't know what to do with them. And teasing him, pointing that out to me, what it looked like, helped me tease that out. So just know that the ER is the safety net for everyone and people will come with all kinds of needs and requests and don't make a decision independently about if they are worthy or not of being there. That would be my advice. Yeah, that's great advice. I think, you know, having somebody ending your discussion with a patient saying just what was your biggest concern today helps frame so much more of where you might go with this patient than many other questions. And sometimes it is just something like to us seems silly, like, oh, I had some jaw pain and I thought I was having a heart attack because I read about it on Google. That is something I can very easily reassure you and do you know, a workup that pertains to that rather than just throwing you some antibiotics and say, okay, here you go, because I didn't address your concern. So that question ending with that is so, so powerful. Yeah, I love that you guys bring that up because it's, again, making the patient a part of their care is a big thing that I think medical students overlook and even residents overlook. And by the way, attendings overlook too. And so it's it's a high level skill that if as a medical student, you can figure that out of how do I engage the patient to set some boundaries, to make sure that I'm able to tease down why they're here. And then also remember that we have to think about them. It's about the patient. Well, Shannon and Minnell, thanks so much for hopping on for this segment of the Med Student Over Easy podcast. Do not forget to follow our home podcast or our parent podcast, Eam Over Easy at eamovereasy.com. And don't forget to check out the blog post. Well, thanks for making it all the way to the end of that Med Student Over Easy episode. Don't forget, you can follow us on social media, whether it's on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or head on over to our blog, emovereasy.com. Also, don't forget, we are the official podcast for the American College of Osteopathic Emergency Physicians. You can learn more about this great organization by heading to acoep.org, where you can find about an upcoming CME event where you might get to see a few of your EM over easy hosts live and in person for a show. Until next time, thanks so much.